0: Me. From Studio P, Sausalito, home of the hit, it's time for Suckatash. The number one comedy podcast podcasting about comedy. Podcast. And here's your host, internationally recognized comedy podcast podcaster, Mark Herschel.
1: Yes, uh, hello everybody, welcome to Epi 17 of Suck the very first episode of 2012. Yes, we've made it this far. 17 damn episodes, and it's good to be back with you. It's good to be back in Studio P, the home of the hit. I've not seen Joe Polino in quite some time, so he's back there behind the controls. Hi, Mark. It's
0: great to have you back, (coughs) man.
1: Thank you. And to you, too. And uh, Scott Carvey playing our theme, as usual. We're going to have to get some new music out of Mr. Carvey pretty soon, just uh, to know he's still alive. We uh, are going to be playing sort of a a retrospective of 2011 on this show. Uh, Not really kind of a top ten countdown or anything, but this is really just kind of some of my favorite, podcast that we featured in uh, 2011 but a couple of clips are ones we actually played in 2011 the others are just representative of those podcasts themselves and their newer clips so uh, we've got a whole lot to get to today we'll uh, also dip into the tweet sack a bit later and hear from one of our listeners who called in So uh, let's get started, though. And uh, even though I played this guy the very last episode, uh, he's still one of my favorite finds of the new year, uh, of the last year, actually. And uh, he just got started last year. And it's uh, Bob Duca. And here's his New Year's resolutions.
2: How do, friends? Bob Duca here. Many of you have been asking if I have any New Year's resolutions. And the answer is, yes, I do. You've also asked, Will you read a list of those New Year's resolutions? Eh, the answer again, yes I will. The following are my, Bob Duca's, New Year's resolutions for the upcoming Mayan Apocalypse 2012. Clean belly button. Take a cooking class. Buy a new hot plate. Quit eating hotel lobby cigarette butts. Read more books. Drink more water. Learn to play dominoes. Stop cutting myself. Do a push-up. Deep clean that one pair of pajama bottoms. Try not to passively aggressively sigh mere inches from a stranger's ear. Vigorously pursue new friendships. More frequent bandage changing slash ointment applying. Ask Deep Roy about that mouth guard thing. Volunteer to be an eyedrop applicator at a post-stroke blinking seminar. Be able to see my own penis in the shower. Look into that prescription toenail fungus drug. Dramatically decrease my use of tanning beds. See what this eyebrow-threading stuff is all about. Take a ride in a hot air balloon. Construct my own sleep apnea mask. Smile at strangers more. Watch more sunsets. Ask for hugs. Each night I will name five good things that I've done that day. Finally count my payphone dime collection. Get patent for that anal fissure cream I invented. And finally, in 2012, I resolve to look before I leap, especially when this applies to dumpster diving and giving my heart to strangers. I wish you all a happy new year, and I wish you luck in pursuing your goals and dreams for the coming millennia. Your friend, Babduke.
1: All right, that's Bob Duca, otherwise known as Seth Morris. And one of my New Year's resolutions for Succotash is to get an interview with Seth Morris. Because, man, that guy cracks uh, both me and Joe Polino up. Uh, Very funny, Bob Duca. You can hear him over at Earwolf.com, also on iTunes. Also over on Earwolf.com is our next clip. And it comes from Comedy Bang Bang. Now, this show for several years was known as uh, Comedy Death Ray Radio. And Scott Ackerman, uh, who runs that show, always has great guests. And uh, I have talked to him uh, via email and Twitter about getting uh, an interview with him, as he is also the head of the Earwolf.com network, co-head of Earwolf. And uh, he says the next availability he has for an interview is March, he thinks. So either I'm being given the brush off or he is one of the busiest men in podcasting today.
0: Which one do you think it is?
1: I like to think he's just really, really busy. Who would blow me off, Joe? Come on. Other than Mark Maron and Michael Ian Black.
0: Uh, no one that you've told me about.
1: And Doug Benson. Uh, anyway, this, uh, this clip from Comedy Bang Bang was actually featured back when they were still Comedy Death Ray Radio. Uh, but it was in our very first episode that we did last April. And although they've done great shows and I could have pulled a much more recent clip, this one still makes me laugh.
3: Now, tell us exactly where Patton Oswald is at this point in time in his career, in his mindset, in his art. Where exactly, like, where do you go from here? Where have you been? Tell me, kind of, everything about exactly your artistic mindset right now. Excuse
4: me. Oh, hello. Uh, hi.
3: Pardon me. Excuse me, we're doing a show here, sir. I please, know you are. please again. recuse yourself to. Hello again, my
4: friend. It is I. Don De theatrical director. Excuse me, am I interrupting anything uh, at all?
3: Hi, Mr. DeMello, I remember you. How do you do uh, this?
4: I met you up at your, your place in Connecticut around the holidays. Don DeMello, theatrical director. Oh, hi, right. how are you? <laughs> I'm good. Oh, you mean like live theater director? The oh, beg your pardon? You mean like live live theater director? That's right. I direct, I direct for the theater. I'm a theatrical director. Mm-hmm. How are you? I'm good. Good. I hope I'm not interrupting.
3: You are interrupting,
4: uh, so uh-huh. your hopes are dashed. Okay. <laughs> not the first time, believe me. <laughs>
3: Happen but, uh, Pat, Pat, let me explain. Sure. Uh, I'm sorry. We were going to devote an entire hour to you, and we will. No, that's – yeah, no, that's okay. I, I, uh, but let me deal with yeah. this first. I uh, just want to
4: – go ahead. What? What are okay. you going to say?
3: During the holidays, I did a show from my home in Connecticut. That's an important detail. Thank you for reminding me of. Absolutely, yes. Wow. And Mr. DeMello came in. We we learned a little bit about his life. So I'm, And we we learned, I think, enough about your life.
4: I agree. Absolutely. You learn everything there is to know. I just want to promote my upcoming project, which is happening out here in Southern California. That's the whole reason I came out down here now to talk to you. You're originally from Connecticut. You've just moved to L.A.? Uh, yeah, I'm an East Coast guy. and
3: uh, Mr. DeMello worked port. for the uh, Rockettes at Radio City. Oh, Music my Hall. goodness. Don't put it in
4: the past tense, my friend. I'll be back next year. You bet your ass I will be. They couldn't do that fucking show without me. I well, do the... Cool. Uh, Chris Radio City Christmas Spectacular with the Rockettes beautiful rockettes the uh, the, the latest one or it was just oh, back in the day or I've been doing it 18 years oh wow 18 okay. years of legs beautiful beautiful women and their beautiful legs okay yeah they come out and they hop hop across the stage with those legs and that's for daddy you know what i'm saying What's the new show you're doing out here? I'm out here now, uh, uh, directing a production at the Fairy Theater in uh, Pasadena of Cinderella. Oh, I love that place. I'm oh, doing yeah. a production of Cinderella, and it's, um, uh, it's a nice children's theater. Okay,
3: well, uh, great. So people can look up tickets oh, online. Your tone's a little yeah.
4: weird. No, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Yeah,
3: people can look up tickets for that. Great. Thank sure, sure uh, Usually can. we yeah. save the plugs till the end, but thank yeah, you so yeah. much for dropping by, Mr. But people Dembauer's, are really going to want
4: to check this production out. It's, it's great to hear
3: what you're up to. a uh, special production of Cinderella. It's not going to be typical garbage. I'm sure it won't, but it's great to hear from you, and we're going to get back to Patton Oswalt yeah, here. A lot of and,
4: exciting things. For one thing, she's a sex slave, is what we <laughs> have going on in this production. I don't know. Cinderella's a... Cinderella sex slave, because I I looked at the text, and I said, that doesn't seem so bad having to clean up after three sexy sisters, sexy stepsisters. I thought the the stepsisters were ugly in Cinderella. Aren't they they ugly?
3: I thought there was only two of them. Right.
4: That's another thing from the text. Well, I added one, and then it says in there that they are ugly, and I said, who wants to look at three ugly girls? (laughs) Let's get sexy girls, real nice-looking girls in there, and put them in as little clothes as we can get them in. (laughs) How little is that? As little as we can get them in and, and get away mean? with it. Well, who, who decides uh, what, what, was, what would be a little bit of clothing to you? Yeah, is that
3: public decency yeah, standards yeah, or your standards?
4: Fairytale theater standards? Uh, or? Well, uh, look, I'm, I'm having a lot of conflicts with the fairytale theater right now. they got oh. a lot of old, preconceived, old-fashioned <laughs> notions about what constitutes children's entertainment. And I'm saying let's get three pasties on these women. You know oh. what I'm saying? Wait, three-piece? Three, piece three pasties. Uh, you mean like so you one per girl? Huh? One per girl? No, no, no. Or three per girl. I'm not an animal. Three per girl.
3: <laughs> okay, where do these go? Two, know, on the, two on the nips? That's
4: right. Yeah. And then one... Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> one... It's called, it's called a pussy pasty. <laughs> All right. And I have Pat pending of the pussy pasty. Wow, please don't say any th- my name in a, I know that you don't mean it that way, but Wow. <laughs> patent pending pussy paste that's I don't oh man Pat, wait the pussy paste pending.
3: and pussy pasties are two yeah, wildly I, I'm different sorry. things it
4: just, I, I'm literally losing energy as I say that what's the matter <sighs> this is going to be the hottest production of Cinderella that there ever was in the world
3: alright well people can check that out uh, sure I'm sure can. they can look at your website and uh
4: tondemillo.org so. dot, <laughs> dot biz dot org
3: dot biz dot uk dot com <laughs> Well, it's great to hear from you. Thank you so much for dropping by. It's at times like these,
1: I regret our open-door policy. um,
4: policy.
1: Anyway, that is uh, Comedy Bang Bang with Scott Aukerman, guest Patton Oswalt, and Andy Daly as Don DeMello in that clip. You can catch them at Earwolf.com, also on iTunes. Uh, I think uh, 2011 was a a great year for podcasting in general. A lot more came online.
4: I want to meet Don DeMello. (laughs)
1: <laughs> you want to meet him, Kenny? Yeah. Uh, why, Kenny? This is uh, Kenny Durgis, ladies and gentlemen, I, our, I our booth assistant. Meet his oh, yes, yes. He has
4: really good girlfriends.
1: This is the clip you keep playing over and over, over again.
4: Over and over. We had to scrape it off just to get
1: it back on. <laughs> had the disc off, and man. had to scrape you off to get oh, you back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That, me. I'm Thank, sorry. Thanks, Kenny. Kenny Durgis, our our booth assistant. Uh, Anyway, I was saying that I think uh, 2011 was a great year for comedy podcasts. A lot of great ones came online. Uh, I think people became more aware of podcasting this last year. Uh, At least I'm hoping so, judging by uh, how many reviews we have now on iTunes for Suckatash. Have I mentioned you can review us? Yes. Yes, go up to iTunes and uh, look for Suckatash in the comedy podcast section. And please rate us, give us some stars and uh, tell us how much you like us. And if you don't like us, we're uh, Mark Pitta after dark. No, (laughs) just kidding, Mark. Oh man. I just keep giving my best friend, Mark Pitta so much grief. I don't know why that is. Uh, Anyway, let's get back to more podcast clips. And this is from the David Feldman radio show. Uh, this is just a snippet. Uh, David has a, a rollicking show and a whole lot of cast members that kind of come in and out. Um, but uh, this is just a, a teaser for a TV show. And Eddie Pepitone and Julie Haddad Thompson are featured in this one. Tuesday at 10 on
5: a very special month, Eddie months takes time for things that really matter
6: until his daughter walks in on him. Daddy. Ah, Kelly. Honey, never sneak up on Daddy when he's on the internet.
7: Oh, well, I need to talk to you.
6: What is it, honey?
7: Oh, for school, we have to write a report about what our parents do for a living.
6: Well, you know what I do, honey. I'm a police detective.
7: Well, I know, but the kids at school say you're a corrupt cop, and you take bribes from mobsters and look the other way.
6: It's not true, honey.
7: Uh, It's not?
6: Of course not, sweetie. Did they say which mobsters? No. So, no names, right?
7: No, Daddy. (sighs)
6: Okay. Hey, don't worry about it, honey. Daddy would never do anything to embarrass you.
7: Well, what about the time you brought that angry drunk lady to my ballet recital?
6: Again? With the ballet recital? That was your Aunt Shaniqua. And she wasn't drunk. She took too much hay fever medication.
7: But I don't have an Aunt Shaniqua.
6: Not anymore. Auntie Shaniqua had to go on a vacation. Where did she go? The point is, honey, your daddy doesn't take bribes from any mobsters, and I hope you remember that when you write your report.
7: Okay, Daddy. Can I interview you about what you do?
6: Of course you can, honey.
7: Can I go to your office with you and watch you work?
6: Ah, you'd like that, wouldn't you? Forget it, kid! You can tell those weasels I'm a goddamn plumber. But, Daddy, I need to talk to you! Talk to my lawyer! Months
0: bitten, twice shy. CBS Tuesdays.
1: All right, so that's uh, from the David Feldman Radio Show. Uh, Resolution number two, I will get an interview with Eddie Pepitone. Uh, And number three, with David Feldman, who I actually ran into just a few weeks ago, and he would love to be a guest on the show. So I know I got David Feldman nailed down. These other guys, I ain't so sure about. Um, Anyway, if you recognize that announcer's voice, by the way, on that clip, that was Mark Thompson, who used to uh, be a newsman here on KRON in San Francisco and has been in Los Angeles for uh, quite a while doing a lot of voiceover work and also the news down there on occasion. Our next uh, piece comes from Fitz Dog Radio, Greg Fitzsimmons, very funny guy. And he also puts out a very consistently funny show and in a way that he is uh, not afraid to be revealing about who he is, uh, which I think endears him to a lot of people. Uh, he can be a little on the uh, crude side only because he just kind of tells it like it is. But at the same time, like I said, he reveals uh, a little about himself, as you're going to hear right now.
8: Here's a true story. I don't—I'm uh, not even sure why I'm telling you this. This is, a, this is something that happened. Uh, I've, I don't think I've ever told anybody, but I thought about it with the gay thing, is uh, I went to get a checkup a few months ago. And I—you know, the doctor had me in one of those little paper gowns that is, uh, you know, you close it in the back, and I'm sitting in his office. Then they, then they do that, like, 12-minute, you're sitting in his cold office waiting. The nurse is like, yeah, get naked and put on this tablecloth. And then they wait. You know what? Once I'm naked with the tablecloth, come in immediately. You know, arrange your schedule so that there's not a hangout time where I'm reading. You know, where I'm looking at your skeleton and I'm maybe pumping that thing just for no reason. Just come in. So he comes in and we do the checkup, the questions, and all that. And then it gets to the point where he's uh, he's going to touch my dick. You know, we're talking. You got any lumps on your penis? Blah, Blah. I know it's coming, and I realize it's cold and that my dick is tiny, like it's shrunken. The balls are like a walnut, and I know the crown. The crown is probably touching my balls. The shaft is, is just shrunk to nothing. Strange thing. Shouldn't matter. This guy's a doctor. What, what do I care if my penis looks small? I have a healthy-sized penis. No issues with it. But I, I'm feeling very uh, self-conscious that my dick is that small. And so I, uh, I kind of I squeeze my, my thighs together. And I, uh, I, you know, I, I give my, my penis a little graze with my hand. I, I'm I'm fluffing. I'm doing a slight fluff just to get it, just to get it normal. So he pulls the uh, pulls up the sheet, and uh, I overfluffed. It was not a, it was not erect, but it was more than normal. It was slightly bigger than normal. It was a little puffy. And I was horrified and I just looked at him like I nothing. I don't know what to say. I'm averting my eyes. He reaches down and touches my balls. Um, I want to say that the puffiness did not increase at that point, but it very well may have. I I may have gotten even because someone touches your balls. That's what's going to happen. It's not a gay thing. It's just physiological and I can spin this a million different ways. But it was a bad experience. I was ashamed of it, and uh, sometimes on the podcast, I need to, um, I need to share because I, the weight is now off me. It's out there. I, I mean, I could edit this part out, but I'm not going to. Now you know. My God, let's do some quick overheards. This is overheard. <laughs>
2: overheard. Did you hear that? You hear that?
8: Uh, this first one comes from Kevin. My fiance and I were walking through a furniture store. Female, white employee, says to her African-American male coworker, White female says, I wish we were living back in the 1940s. It was such a cool era. Black male, fuck that, not me. Take that in, white female, in the furniture store. Sam says, as I'm passing two women walking the opposite direction, I hear one say to the other, I have lice. Even then, that's if you've ever heard that. Uh, you know, your kid goes to school, gets lice. You see a sign: "There's lice at the school." You will itch for 24 hours, and I bet that guy, even hearing that in passing, probably itched for a couple hours. Probably thought about it. It's it's so subconscious. Dominique, here's a black mother and her son shopping for gift bags. Child picks up one with Santa on it, and mother says, "I don't know why you picked up that one. I ain't buying nothing." With no big white man on it. Jesus. What part of America is that? Where's the black... Who's the black Muslim mother? I mean, can you really... Can you really... Uh, I don't know how much of that exists in the black community. That the, uh, the Santa's the the man. Santa's the white man. It's possible. I don't know. Uh, a friend of mine used to have a good bit about that. He's talking about his, uh, his uncle was a Muslim. And he would... Uh, he'd sit on Santa's lap and he'd be like... Don't don't be asking that white man for no toys. Ask him for your freedom. (laughs) Okay,
1: that's Greg Fitzsimmons, Fitzdog Radio. You can catch that at gregfitzsimmons.com. Also on iTunes. Um, I was going to make a resolution about getting Greg on this show, but I don't, I mean, I met him a couple times, but I don't know if he'd come on my show. Maybe he would. I'll make it a half resolution to get Greg Fitzsimmons on sometime in 2012. Best I can do. Uh next up one of my favorite shows it debuted this last year. Uh I've played uh probably more clips from this show than any other podcast uh, and only because they these guys just make me laugh. Uh this is Michael Ian Black uh, again. Guy won't uh, return my calls or come on the show, but that's okay. That's okay. Um the other thing that I have in common with Michael Ian Black by the way is we both uh were involved with a movie uh With the same title, although they were two different movies. He wrote and directed a movie called Wedding Days that was a feature film. I wrote a movie called Wedding Days that came out the year before on the Hallmark Channel. Totally different movie, totally different premise.
0: I have a question, Mark. Yes, Joe. Is there any uh, sort of rule about naming a movie that's already been named?
1: Interestingly enough, and coming from the world of trademark development as I do. Sure. There is no copyright on titles. You can copyright the property, but when it comes to titles, you could come out with a song called In the Mood and there could be 15 others called In the Mood and there's no there's no copywriting a title. So the fact I
0: could come out with a movie called, for example, The
9: Godfather.
1: Yes. Yes. (laughs) See, I always thought the idea would be to just title a movie Tom Hanks and, and just have that really big. So, people just assume it's something with Tom Hanks in it.
0: And then I can get you to review it on, on the Comedy Podcast podcast.
1: Of course. And th- well, then you're
6: rich, I tell
0: you. Our,
1: our billions will be made indeed. Anyway, boy, that's a long way to get to the intro to this. This is Michael Ian Black and Tom Cavanaugh, also a very funny guy. I'd love to have either of them on the show, but no resolutions this time. Uh, here's a clip from Mike and Tom Eat Snacks. Yeah, at a certain... You know, you,
10: you keep looking in the mirror and you keep saying, today do I kill myself? No. Today do I kill myself? No. Eventually, you're going to look in the
11: mirror and go, maybe. 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 You know, Mike, I look in the mirror and I just think, man, if I had a shotgun. Right. I would shoot you. Right, right. Right, maybe, you know, get... You know, your wife's attractive. You know, I... I you ever think about... Yeah, I mean, we've talked about this. You know, I think a lot about murdering you and I guess one of the things that... um holds me back is I just worry about the crime scene I worry about the DNA, I worry about being an obvious suspect and I I worry about if I was trying to frame say, your wife you know, if there would be some kind of slip up and and modern television is the kind of thing that prevents me from just going ahead and murdering you. Because I tell you it would be a rolling scheme if I were to do it. I mean it would just be a lollygag, it would be a, a it would be so much fun. I think if I were to at least pull it off, then the the trying to avoid the you know the you know I'm sure there's going to come knock at my door. Some stiff jawed cop is going to start talking. He knows, and I know he knows, and he knows that I know, and everything is a non sequitur. It's underpinnings. No one's coming out and saying it. Have a good day. Oh, I will have a good day. You should have a good day. You're not dead. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's that kind of. I mean, that game, Michael, would just be so enjoyable. Uh, I guess you're not going to do mates today. Can't. Mm-hmm. Why not? Michael's dead. Yeah, that's unfortunate. It is unfortunate, officer. It is really unfortunate. I'm just going to eat this leg of lamb now. That's well, not Michael's leg, is it? Ha <laughs> ha! Officer, go on, have a bite. Does it taste like Michael's leg? A little gamey. Well, then. It's lamb. You and I have talked about
10: uh, Best ways to kill me
11: And Remember for a while I was just fixated On You know Having you stand up At the right moment In a convertible mm-hmm. And getting your head Taken off by a low hanging bridge For some reason I just thought That would be awesome Because I would have killed you But it would be your fault I could then act I could you know Work on my acting on, At the scene I could be so distraught And you need to well, Clearly Yeah I mean Listen Let's not discount the fact that that would be a dangerous thing if I had to try and like act my way out mm-hmm. of trouble. But if you were to like have your head lopped off by a bridge, I don't think I would have to like rely on my existent or non-existent acting skills to get myself out of trouble. No, you look blameless. There would be eyewitnesses. He just stood up, and then that little hanging bridge doesn't take his head clean off. Where are
10: we when this happens? Are we? Oh, when it
11: happened, we're we're down there in the south down okay, there. Okay, got it. I don't want to. I don't want to take your head off somewhere around here. Right. You don't want to commit the murder close to home. Uh uh-huh. you know? Don't well, shit where you eat. Well, no, but I also shouldn't do the murder close to that home. That was
10: going to be my next point. Don't also don't do the murder.
11: <laughs> yeah. Close no. To I where mean, don't shit with your, where you you eat, folks. Is a great resolution. I mean, for some people who're like finding barely finding a way to like grab a handhold in what the resolution should be, you want a simple one. Look, don't there. shit where you eat. Perfect. You know, there you go. You also pull easily off. achievable. Yeah, you could pull that off. 70 to 75% of the time. Oh, yeah. You know, you're at dinner. You're out to dinner. You know, you feel it coming on. You remember the resolution. Boom. It's a better year already for you.
10: Yeah. get get. get just say to the waiter, uh, waiter, do you have a restroom right, right over there, sir? Oh, thanks.
11: I'll go use the restroom. I of- just... Uh, fulfilled my, my resolution. I'm not going to go over to the corner by the curtains and take a crap. I'm going to the restroom. Yeah, I'm not going to do it right here where I'm eating. Where I'm eating. Where I need it. Yeah, I'm not going to do it where I'm eating.
0: Trusted friends, are you part of the 99%? With tax season just around the corner, there's no better time to hitch up your britches and occupy a pair of Henderson's accountant's pants. Created by Henderson's Pants CFO Samuel Grifter to keep track of the company's then meager finances right after the stock market crash of 1929, these trousers have a series of interlocking rear pockets made for storing and sorting receipts, invoices, and financial records of every kind. Perfect for day-to-day purchases as well as those one-time big-ticket items. Just pop the paperwork in the patented paper pusher in the back of every pair of Henderson's accountant's pants and it is tucked away in the correct pocket every time. And these pants aren't just for keeping receipts in your seat. While you're taking care of business in the back, our deep pockets in the front are roomy enough to move all your money out of those giant banks and keep that folding green close to home. While there's no accounting for taste, You'll be cooking the books in style with your Henderson's accountant's pants. These trousers may be expensive, but even if you end up breaking the bank to buy a pair, they're made to tighten your belt automatically. And when tax time rolls around, there are no more forms to fill out. Just drop trow and send your Henderson's accountant's pants to the IRS. From now on, instead of giving Uncle Sam the shirt off your back, you can give him the pants right off your ass. Originally designed for Black Friday, Bernie Madoff, and national bankers who have trouble keeping their pants on, Henderson's Accountant's Pants are available wherever the 1% are making a mockery of capitalism. That's Henderson's, makers of fine trousers and pantaloons since 1783. And now back to sock Ah, uh,
1: Thank you, Bill Haywatt. Uh, delight to hear you and our fabulous sponsor back with us in the new year.
0: I haven't lost a step, have I? You haven't, Bill. I, you... Not smoking hasn't affected my voice at all,
1: has it? No, I think you sound—you uh, sound just as uh, uh, Mellifluous? Yes, mellifluous if you will.
0: Uh, professional, as it was. In demand? absolutely. As it always sounds. Indeed. I'm sorry, uh, Bill, please step away from the talker.
1: Sorry, John. I'm sorry. Yeah, Joe, keep keep him away, please. Uh, so that's uh, Bill Hayward and uh, the good folks at Henderson's Pants back with us in the new year. Thank you so much. Uh, we are going to uh, take a moment to uh, dip into our first uh, tweet sack from 2012. Ah, the tweet sack. I love it. Uh, anyway, we've got actually a phone call into the uh, hotline, the uh, Succotash hotline which uh, if you've forgotten that number or have never had an occasion to use it, is 818-921-7212. That's the Succotash hotline, which is really just voicemail. Uh, Anyway, this is actually from uh, a guy I know, strangely enough. It's uh, comedian Perry Kurtz, who started in San Francisco and now is in Southern California, and he called and left this in our hotline.
4: Hi, this is comedian Perry Kurtz wishing everybody... A merry ho ho and a happy nu nu, and now here's Doctor Ruth.
12: Hello, is this on. I don't have anybody. I Have a good holiday, and try to touch somebody. And if you can't touch somebody else, then touch yourself. <laughs>
1: Okay. Good to hear from old Perry Kurtz. Haven't talked to him in quite some time. Thanks for calling the hotline, Perry. Uh, also, if you had trouble understanding what Perry was saying there because of the, the quality, I mean, our our hotline is just really Skype, uh, then please listen to the show three, four, five times until you figure out what he said. That would be great. Um, also want to, uh, a little shout out, we got uh, some tweet from... Uh, at Barrelhouse Red, better known as Tom Beavis, who's become a, a loyal follower of the show and says uh, Succotash is the most valuable comedy podcast as it serves as a gateway to all others with very funny production personalities, which is a, a shout out to our master engineer producer, Joe Polino, Joe.
0: Hey, thanks, Mark. It's great to hear that. It's nice to know that that I'm appreciated, and uh, you know, I, I really enjoy working with you, and then I, I look forward to uh, laughing even harder in the new year.
1: Well, happy new year to you, all Joe. Right. I also want to do a little shout out to uh, all those people that uh, tweet about us on a regular basis: um, Ed Wallach and Mayor Bear, and uh, the guys over at the D Head Factor and who else uh we got uh oh, shoot i'm forgetting all the names of everybody but thank you so much for getting us out there because it really does help when people read Suckatash show they do uh, check out our website and eventually get around to the podcast so thank you very much and please keep tweeting us uh, tweeting in i will read you in the tweet sack next we're going to get to a clip from my favorite podcast of all time which is Suckatash. uh <laughs> this is from our episode three and normally uh to uh, borrow a line from comic Carl uh, Warmanhoven in Seattle, I don't like blowing my own horn. I can't reach it for one one thing. Uh, but uh, uh, we had Dana Carvey on a couple times. But uh, he, the first time was episode three, epi three. What a treat. It was great. What a treat. Uh, I've talked to Dana, and uh, he's uh, he'll be coming back in at some point here in 2012 but uh, one of the, the pieces that everybody keeps mentioning uh, is when we got this call from a certain former member of the beatles the switchboard's lighting up this is the first time we've taken calls first time we've had a guest first time we've taken calls uh let's just go we don't have a screener so let's just go to the phones uh hello uh thanks for calling Suckatash.
13: Hello. Hello. Is this Markos? Ah,
1: uh, yes, it is. Who's uh, Who's calling, please?
13: This is Paul McCartney. Oh,
1: no last names, please. No last names. Um, this is
13: Paul. Oh,
1: Paul. Hey. Wow. Uh, wow. That's fantastic. Uh, th- thanks for calling. Um, uh, I assume you've heard the show.
13: Yeah, you know, I've always been a fan of Sucker's Hash podcast. You know, he's got all the funny willies, You know, and the Henderson pants, which I'm wearing right now. <laughs>
1: that's fantastic. Which, yeah,
13: oh, very, very. You know, the fitting very comfortably from me bunghole <laughs> to me forty parts.
1: Well, that's great. I'm glad to have you on the line. Were you were you in England during the uh, the royal wedding? I have to assume.
13: Yes, I was. I was there. It was a great, you know, occasion, you know. The Queen was all yellow, the Prince was all red, and the the Middleton was all white. I'm talking about Pippa. She <laughs> stole the show, the little whore. <laughs> you know, you never have your whorey sister, you know, holding up your dress from behind with her low cutter. You know, a titties leaning forward. You want all the eyes on you with your princely prince in his all ready-readies. But she's back there with the titties forward. It's a big steely wheelie.
1: Now, you you must have uh, it must have kind of given you a little bit of a sort of portent of things to come, because I understand you've recently gotten engaged yourself.
13: Yeah, I got a little hooky wookie, you know, I found a nice little lady, you know, Nancy, you know, she's a nice little gal and she likes, you know, to yank on me willie when we asked her. I wish I hadn't have said that. <laughs> me and Voice got out. <laughs> well, Happened that, to John once in Tokyo.
1: <laughs> that can, that can happen. Um, uh, let, let me ask this. I mean, it's probably a sensitive area, but uh, Nancy, you um, prenup? Just, just a suggestion or a question?
13: Uh <laughs> yeah, you know, I mean I gave her own account, you know, and we are locked it in a lockbox as our goal would say. So sure and she if there's a problem with the marriage, she'll get nineteen hundred dollars cash <laughs> right away, paid straight away into her account, you know. Nineteen hundred. It took a while well to negotiate. She started at fifty million. I started at five dollars <laughs> in a stick of gum. After six months, we got it at nineteen dollars in a full pack. It'll we'll be like, happily married.
1: It sounds like it'll be very happy indeed. <laughs> <laughs> um, what uh, What else have you been up to? Is there any uh, Any new music uh, coming our way from From Paul McCartney?
13: Yeah, so you know, I'm doing sort of a bookend song. You know, the album. You know, uh, why do we need silly love songs? You know. Oh yeah. Yeah. So it's a song about you know, why do we need a masti You know. I'm <laughs> so I'm just going blue because I can I don't know why, I apologise, anyway, <laughs> I did hum a song the other day, do 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 do, you know it's called being empty, you know there's nobody there, I'd rather pull back to the 60s, you know, I mean what do you fucking people want? I've got a hundred fucking classics and they go where's your new stuff well how about the Rigby you fucking whore you know how about Sgt. Pepper but what's your new stuff well where's your new stuff you bitch you know what do they want from me I created the greatest music ever written and they say what's your new song well here's your new song right here and for those of you who are not watching I'm grabbing me Willy Wonka on the podcast and I'm squeezing quite hardly you know it's now become a personal vendetta so I squeeze my Willy <laughs> when they ask me and I say see the white um <laughs>
1: Paul, Paul McCartney opening up on Suckatash. Paul thanks thanks for so much for calling.
13: No last names please. <laughs> oh sorry, right. Paul. Sir <laughs> Sir
1: Paul. Thanks. All right. thanks well
13: for... thank you and good luck on po- This podcast is much better than after hours with Mark Pizza. <laughs> <laughs>
14: Turn down the lights Little darling Jesus Ain't coming
13: Tonight
14: I know The world's heading For a bleak Armageddon And the glory Of God Is now But you know a watched pot never boiled And there ain't no four horsemen inside So if you put down that Bible I believe that I'm liable To get myself born again tonight Now honey, I know you love Jesus And you know I love Jesus too But he fought Mary's virgin, And he died a young virgin Do you want that to happen to you? Cause baby, you've got all my loving. And I can't just settle for half For nothing says loving Like something in the oven Let me comfort you, darling With my rod and staff Now, honey, well, I don't want to be crass We've been married several weeks now And the score is No ads And you know when we stood Before that preacher man We took a solemn vow And that vow Was to love, honor And obey Now I remember all those Nights at the drive-in, And I remember Those nights At lover's lane And now, honey It's time You gotta make a choice You either come unto Jesus Or you come unto me Turn down the lights Little darling Jesus ain't coming tonight But if you put down that Bible, I believe I'm liable to get myself born again
1: tonight. (laughs) That was our very own Joe Polino. Yes, on that, put the whole song together, singing it, it was amazing. Doing his best Elvis impression. It was beautiful. Thank you. Thank you very much. I've been wanting to play that for a while, and uh, this thank seemed like a good time to do it. Uh, next uh, is a show I discovered this last year, but it's been on for a couple of years uh, podcast out of Los Angeles. Very inventive cast um, called Super Ego. And uh, they they also have a number of great guests that come on. This was a a sort of extended commercial for something called Furniture Dicks, and uh, it's very weird and made me laugh a lot.
0: Welcome
12: to Beyond the News. We'll return after these messages. Hey, if you need a car, you go to a car store. Or if you need an oven, you go to an oven anniversary place. Well, I think that if you need an ottoman, you need to come down to Furniture Dicks. We got all kinds of shit you can buy. But don't just take my word for it. Take it from some of these people, too. Ho, 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 ho. Furniture Dick. Each year, he
14: comes to my little cabin at the North Pole with kindling and varnish. Twenty-four hours later, I'm high as a kite. Furniture Dick, you're on the good list this year.
12: Thanks, Santa. Hey, do you need partially used... Anything? We've got them! Come on into Furniture Dicks! Here's more testimonials!
9: Hi, I'm Cadmium, and often when I give a birth, it's more of a sewage outlet, just a slap-out. It's just a wavelet, a whole tidal wave of slop that is either a child or a brood, or just a... a gro- it's just a, basically a... Ga- it's a host. It's an exaltation of children, but kind of children they have faces, mostly. Kid fruit, really. And what I like to do is get each one their own birth Earth Ottoman, and I do a little thing where I puffy paint it, because I'm not all gross. Come on into
12: furniture dicks. You'll see American Santa Claus, armed only with a Louisville slugger, against German Santa Claus, carrying a double-headed battle axe.
6: Hey, hey, ha! That was the original three-syllable barking sound I made. They softened it, Americans, to ho, ho, ho. I am Saint Nicholas, the original Father Christmas. Do you children not like me?
12: Because my face is saturnine. Hey, Santa, sounds like you've been beat over the face with his knuckle, bitch. Ho, 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 ho. Sure, Europe's
15: cool for a
12: vacation or something, or, you know, if you're in college and you want
14: to have sex with someone but you don't want it to count. You know how that is in Europe where everybody smells like themselves? Like, you know, they put their sweaters under their armpits and went
12: to bed and then they woke up and sat next to you on the L or whatever the fuck they ride around there. Next month, we'll have a Jude Law impersonator take on a Jackie Chan impersonator in a two-on-two nutmeg session. Hi, my name is Ronald. I have a blog
2: spot right about movies. Did you know that in Soylent Green, the original was turned piston? though although I don't know why I said original because that's the only one they made anyway. They called the women in that movie furniture, but none of the furniture in Dick's Furniture has vaginas. I've checked it all.
9: You missing an arm? Furniture dicks. I have an adjustable bed, the kind that you can press a button and it does the thing where it really turns you on. Well, the other night, I'm in bed with my husband who's been dead for weeks, and we're talking about... I'm talking, because he's uh, dead for weeks. And uh, you don't need him when you have a Craftmatic Adjustable Vibrating Bed Saucer. It's got a... like an oven has a drip plate. It has one of those. And so, if I just have a girl come in once a week and empty that, I'm good for the rest of the week, or I'll, I'll watch my books... They don't call it furniture dicks for nothing. They call it because a lot of their furnitures are like dicks.
12: Do you like movie posters? We've got a used Lost Boys poster from 1989.
6: Children, this is Klaus again. The Lost Boys poster's mine. Ho, ho, ho.
14: Not so fast, grabby fucksticks. Nothing Santa loves more than the Lost Boys. Tell me, who knows who the third frog brother is? Santa do! You are only trying to humiliate me. I will preemptively slit my throat. Go for it! I'm gonna open up the flaps of your neck like a lady's veege, and then I'm gonna get inside of it sideways.
12: Ho, ho, ho! Merry Christmas! Remember, if you gotta buy furniture, buy it from dicks! Furniture dicks!
1: (laughs) Those guys are warped, man. Oh, again, okay, that's res I've run out of the numbers of resolutions. Am I up to six or seven? But I have talked to Super Ego, the guys from that, a couple of times. We've missed uh, catching each other when I've been in LA, but they have assured me they want to be on the show. So we will have a, an interview at some point. They're going to be up for Sketchfest later this month. So maybe I can corner them then. But we will have, uh, hopefully, the entire cast, uh, four guys uh, from Super Ego on Sucketash uh, this, uh, this year. Uh, Check him out at GoSuperEgo.com or on iTunes. Next is a favorite comic of mine, Larry Miller. He's got a show called This Week with Larry Miller. Uh, You've heard me talk about him before. Uh, those, Those who know him in the comedy world know he's a great storyteller of a comedian. One of the problems of playing sca- uh, clips on this show is his sh- his stories are very long. So it's hard to kind of do him justice with just a clip. But he started a, a, a feature on his show. And I've been thankful for it. It's called uh, The Joke of the Week. And it's just Larry telling an old joke. But he always has a style of telling that it that just makes it damned entertaining. So, uh, again, this is not representative of what his entire show is about. But it's close enough for jazz. So let's give a little listen to Larry Miller. And now... It's time for, that's right,
5: the joke of the week. And this week, <laughs> this one made me laugh, and it made the colonel laugh. And uh, I didn't have it in my head till about ten, 10 minutes before we went on, but I think this is pretty good. And here we go. Two Jews are walking down the street, and they see uh, there's a church up ahead with a sign on the door that says, $100 for any Jews who want to come in and convert. And one says to the other, gee, you know, uh, uh, we, we should go do that. And he said, the other one says, well, I don't want to convert. I I, I I like what I am. And the other one says, well, me too. But, you know, and he says, well, I'll tell you what, you know, why don't you go and you'll sign up and you convert and you can get the money and then you come out and you don't have to believe it. You could just tell them anything you want and then you can just come right back out. And he says, hey, that's a pretty good idea. So he goes inside, it takes about 10 minutes, he comes back outside and his friend said to him, do you, do well, did you convert? Yes. I did. Did they give and did they give you the money? And his friend says, "You Jews, always with the money."
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, find Larry at ace.larrymiller.com. Also on iTunes. Uh, he's been very successful with his podcast. this last year, he's had over a million downloads in one year. Over a million downloads. I guess being part of Adam Carolla's network of podcastery uh, probably lends a little success, but...
4: 500,000 of them is his mama.
1: Well, even if it's... I wish my mom would load, download a half a million of this podcast, but she doesn't even know how to get it. Awesome. Yeah. Anyway, so check out Larry Miller. Uh, we are uh, going to uh, move on to uh, our... Uh, Last podcast clip of the show. We do have one more uh, burst of Durst coming up at the end here, but uh, this is probably one of the most popular podcasts uh, going today. And uh, he's uh, a comic, uh, Mark Maron, and uh, he's uh, has great interviews with uh, mostly people from the world of comedy. Uh, his show's called What the Fuck?, WTF if you're trying to be more politically correct and he will be the last resolution I make in this show to get him on the show. I almost had him cornered a couple of times, but he's always managed to elade, uh, elude the snare somehow, but I will get Mark Maron on this show somehow. Uh, anyway, here's uh, because I like Michael Ian black so much and another guy who won't return my calls. Here's Mark Maron interviewing Michael Ian black.
16: Yeah. Well, you know, I looked at your schedule and I know we we dropped our CDs on the same day. Yes. Now
10: incidentally mine which I checked today has already complete, fallen completely off the planet. Are you
16: serious? Yeah. No it hasn't. Uh, I swear. We well, had the clever cover, the Dr. Dre cover, right? Yeah. There was a play on the Dre. It was a play on the Dre. I felt pretty good about it. That might be the best thing about
10: the album. Is the cover.
16: Yeah, I tried to I you know personally I stay away from the goofy covers, but that was satirical. I liked it. <laughs> I'm not raising my hackles. No, no, no. I mean, it's not, not goofy. No, I mean, it's it was clever. Satiric it was well goal. done. It was satirical. I said that, which yeah. I like. I appreciate. <laughs> I just when I look at records from the old days, mm-hmm. I always want which ones hold up. Wait, you know, is someone going to look at that the CD ten years from now and go, "Yeah, ah, it's a Dre thing." But that's already t- what, how old is that record?
10: Uh, like fifteen? What is that? Years? The Chronic? What's it? Yeah, yeah, ninety?
16: No, I thought it was very clever. Something. I'm not. I'm seriously not taking a shot at you.
10: Uh, uh, what's call it? Mm-hmm. What's Steve Martin's one where he's where he's got the bunny ears and he's a black and white shot and he's going nuts? And- but that's a stage shot. I mean, he's on stage. So the distinction you're making is if it's not on stage, it can't be goofy. If it's on stage, it can be goofy. Well,
16: I think there's a fine line because if you go right now to iTunes and look at some covers of comedy CDs. Yes, yeah, I agree with you. Everybody thinks that's a good idea. When, I- when they make that cover, there's several <laughs> options. That they- I agree with you. And I'll show you John Panette's cover right now. It's I was
10: a- not going to name names but that's the one I was thinking of.
16: But though but that is a a history and I've made decisions like that in my life where I look at myself on TV, I was confident in that decision. I said oh. this is what I'm going to do. It, you you know we're crazy, we're insecure. You make a decision, <laughs> you are like you get behind it. The Dr. Drake cover, I thought was a good de- I still think it's a good decision. It's no, funny. I li- I think I like it. I do like it. All right. I, I'm not I'm again, I really I'm not knocking it. But it it is a uh, why do you think do you think your fans don't expect stand up from you? I mean do you think Oh that, yeah.
10: They wouldn't. Why would they?
16: Well, I mean, I know you've been doing it a long time. I mean, I looked at your schedule and you were like touring like fucking James Brown. I mean you are you are a fucking road dog. But that just started. That just started in the last eighteen months, two years. Well, okay, so let's let's talk about where you are right now. Is this where you thought you were gonna be? I mean, was this the plan? Did you think you would be oh, out there? I, doing wish stand-up? there
10: had, I wish there had been a plan.
16: I mean, my, I had no plan. You, don't, you, don't, you didn't have a plan, did you? you? Well, no, I just wanted to be a stand-up. But it seemed to me that your career, I mean, you've done a lot of stuff. Yeah. And you've done a lot of TV. And I have to assume that on, on The Ed Show, uh-huh. is that what it was called? Ed, yeah. You were on every one of those. No, but I was on most of them. That was a good payday. I mean, and yeah. that it should have, like, uh, on some level, I imagine in your mind, you're like, I'm going to be a TV actor. Mm, but I uh, but before that I had been a TV actor it was no
10: I'd been doing TV for 8-10 years not for me it wasn't I mean I was you know I was number 7 on the call sheet which you know for your listeners yeah uh, means, you know, I'm, uh, there's a call sheet every day and, and number one is Ed and number two is the, his girlfriend and number three is their best friend and number four. And, you know, you go all the way down kind of in, in terms of importance and characters. I'm number right. seven. Right. And once you get past like number three, four, five, right. You don't really matter. And I didn't get paid a lot. Right. I mean, I got paid fine. I mean, but, you know, I was getting, I was getting a lot of money compared to, you know, what most people make, but it wasn't like life changing money or anything like that.
16: Well, I've talked to most of your, your guys. Yeah. I, I think I, I've only got a few more state guys left. Yeah. Do you know who I have to to interview still?
10: I would imagine Todd Hollebeck, the most uh uh probably the most obscure because he's not really in show business anymore.
16: I contacted Hallabeck. Did you some, really? I did contact him cuz <clears throat> I wanted him to do a bit. Did you hear that bit I did with the David Wayne episode with the guy who said he was in the state? Yes. Well, I wanted Todd to do that. Uh-huh. <laughs> but he was like, "What is this about?" Like he got very defensive on uh-huh. the email. That's how I read it. So I'm like, maybe I I ought not bother that guy. Uh-huh. Oh he's uh, lovely. I'm sure I'm sure he'd come on. Really? Yeah. But I've got uh what's her name, Carrie still? Oh, you haven't done Carrie, yeah. No, I've not done Carrie and I haven't done uh, Marina. Uh-huh. I think that's it. You've, oh, really? Who else is there? This white like, How many I don't know. 90? I don't remember
10: who is yeah. in the group anymore.
16: <laughs> come on. I talked to all you was guys. Was there a black guy? Was no. There, there was no black guy? Yet? Yeah, but I'm not going to bring huh. that up. What was that about?
10: I mean, I mean, it was a very conscious decision on my part because everybody else was arguing vociferously. We should get a black guy. We should get a black. Guy. I'm like, no. You had a gay guy, and we, you we had, had a gay girl. guy. We had and a
16: girl. you were and covered. We, as far as I can concerned, we were hitting every quota. I was comfortable hitting. And you did your Dr. Dre cover, so you're you're good. <laughs> Everything is leveled yeah. off for you. You've you've got all bases
1: covered. All right. So that's uh, Mark Marin from uh, What the Fuck (WTF). His guest, Michael Ian Black, catch him. He does two shows a week, so there's plenty of WTF to go around. He's at wtfpod.com, also on iTunes. He also has a great website, so check out uh, that WTFpod. Uh, wtfpod.com, because he has a great website to, to see all sorts of stuff going on with Mark Maron. Uh, because uh, we are looking back at uh, some of the f- grander things of 2011, I wanted to play a classic Henderson's Pants spot for you. This is also relevant because we're going into a big election year, so uh, let's hear one more time from our good friends at, what they called? Oh yeah, Henderson's Pants.
0: Honored friends, Bill Haywatt here for Henderson's Innovation in Trousers and Pantaloons since 1896 in this great country the pants you wear make a statement about where you stand not just physically but also on the very issues that shape us as a free and style conscious people now it's easy to tell friends family co-workers even anonymous passers-by how you feel about today's most important issues with Henderson's new republican fit jeans Republican fit jeans lean firmly but gently to the right and feature drastic cuts in the seat and thigh while still your stomach's inalienable right to expand in our great nation's free market economy. Republican fit jeans are pro-life, pro-gun, and anti-immigration, but loose enough to let you enjoy giving a swift kick to the socialist big brother nanny state with every step you take. And if blue state politics are more to your liking, we also offer Henderson's new Democratic fit jeans. Democratic Fit Jeans lean gently but firmly to the left and feature a generous increase to your seat and thigh while still regulating your stomach's ability to monopolize surrounding body parts. Democratic Fit Jeans are pro-choice, pro-healthcare reform, and compostable, but tight enough to let you enjoy giving a swift kick to the fascist corporate oligarchy with every step you take. In these troubled times, don't let your pants get caught on the fence. Let your fellow citizens know how you're voting with an uncompromising pair of Republican-fit or Democratic-fit jeans from Henderson's Innovation in Trousers and Pantaloons since 1896. And now, back to more of Suck Attack. So, Mark, yes. well, one of my favorite Secatash moments of 2011 was uh, certainly not because it was funny, but because it was, in its way, uh, a little provocative, if you will, uh, certainly philosophical. And this goes back to episode five when you had Mark Pitta on. And, you know, I mean, you've given Mark a hard time off and yes. on, and, you know, he's been a reasonably good sport about it. <laughs> But uh, it, it, the fact is he's a well-respected comic. Uh, he's a, truly a – you listen to him. He's really a student of the genre, and he's also producer, raconteur. And you know, during this episode, both of you took some time to lament the business model or lack of business model for podcasts and how that's created a situation for creative people, writers, actors, uh, musicians, where they're sort of – they need to create, and they create – in this uh, environment where there's kind of no revenue stream to reward them for their work. And these great labors have become labors of love. So here's what Mark and Mark had to
10: say about that. This is what I want to talk about, Mark. You asked me to listen to some podcasts Yeah. and I went to iTunes and I don't know where else to go to to find podcasts except for iTunes. Then that made me think, well, how are people finding my podcast if, they don't have iTunes, or if you go to iTunes, you actually have to write my name of my show to see it. That's right. And and this is a my overall
1: view of all podcasts. Is anyone making money? I mean, there's a lot of work going on. There's a lot of work going on. There's a little bit of sponsorship happening, um, but there's a lot of people doing things for free, and uh, we're I, do, we're doing this out of the love of our hearts. I think it'll evolve. I think it's an evolving scene, and we're going to see sponsorships yeah. begin to happen. And again. <laughs> people writing (laughs) producing and performing for free i know i know Uh,
10: we we are going backwards i don't want to get a negative idea that uh, why are we doing this for free we are we need to perform in any way we can hey guys will
15: durst here with a few words about the iowa caucuses and the first of those few words is finally the recorded preamble to the republican nomination symphony is now over and the citizen orchestra is about to play And the caucuses are an unusual way to kick it off. They began with early primitive Iowans throwing small runish stones into hollowed out stumps which were then placed into large wooden barrels brimming with pig entrails and the meanings were interpreted by the elders of the community who wore ceremonial necklaces of hand-carved stringed chestnuts. And to be honest, it really hasn't changed a whole lot since. In a caucus, you don't vote, you attend. Then huddle with like-minded others in designated candidate corners, but if not enough people are in your posse, the party breaks up and everybody wanders around looking for a second or third choice. So the supporters who cornered the breath mint and deodorant market hold a huge advantage. And face it, there are worse ways to choose a candidate. Look at North Korea. The process is sort of like musical chairs without the chairs and little or no music. And don't bother with the poles. You can throw those out. Because Iowans are a fierce, stubborn people. They don't call them Buckeyes or Hawkeyes or Hoosiers or whatever they call them for nothing. The folks in Iowa love to confound conventional wisdom by throwing caution to the wind and going with the underdog. So everybody has a chance. Except maybe John Huntsman, who in the last poll was around 3%, and considering the poll has a margin of error of 4%, could very well end up owing Iowa a couple of delegates and be forced to return in 2016. But on January 3rd, 2012, a winner will indeed be chosen and celebrated and immediately forgotten as the whole circus picks up and heads to New Hampshire, and all the Iowa radios will stop screaming about treason and hypocrisy and return to hog futures and herbicide ads like God intended. For Succotash, the podcast of comedy podcasts, I'm Will
1: Durst. Ah, uh, that's our burst of Durst. I can't thank Will Durst enough for being a regular contributor to Suckatash. You can find him at willdurst.com. You can also see him tweeting at willdurst on Twitter. That's going to do it for our first show of 2011, Epi 17. Uh, thanks so much again to uh, Joe Paulino, our engineer producer. Uh, also Scott Carvey, whose music you hear in the background. And everybody else who helps uh, make this show happen. Uh, If you uh, don't have enough of me, God knows you must by now. You can read my reviews every week as a contributing member of uh, comedy podcasts of the week over on splitsider.com. We got about four or five guys. We each pick a podcast from that week and review it. So you can catch me over there in written form. Uh, Until next time, all I have left to say is happy new year and pass the goddamn succotash.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Suckatash, the comedy podcast podcast with your host, Mark Hershon. Find Suckatash on the web at SuckatashShow.com or at Suckatash Show on iTunes or even at Suckatash Show on your smartphone, Stitcher app. Follow Suckatash on Twitter at Suckatash Show. Friend Suckatash on Facebook. Email us at MARC at Or just pick up the phone and give Suckatash a ring at 1 818 921 7212. Succotage is produced and engineered by Joe Paulino at Studio P. Sausalito, home of the hit. Our musical director is Scott Carvey. Our booth assistant is that strange young man, Kenny Durgis. And until next time, I'm your loyal booth announcer, Bill Haywatt, nicotine-free for 16 hours, reminding you to please
9: <clears throat> pass the Succotage.